Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. Absolutely. First, I want to reiterate what Ben has said in relation to yourself and the local radio service and the service that you provide. It is second to none and we wouldn't be anywhere without it. In relation to Ben and her team all over the county, uh, we have a lot of interaction with Vincent de Paul on behalf of constituents. Vincent de Paul, they don't ask questions. They look after people. It's a wonderful service. And as the slogan says, yeah. give a little, it goes a long way. And the fact that it's staying in the county, well, charity begins at home and therefore it's going to stay at home. So I'd encourage people, don't be worried about the amount or don't be worried about what it is you're giving. Do your best and that's all that's expected and it will go a long way. We have a number of items to, to uh, go across this morning, Verona, and uh, we, I've got to take a short commercial break before we get into the, the core of our discussion this morning. But I have a comment in from Mike. He says, just how many vaccine and booster jabs are the people going to be asked to take? There are going to be many more variants of COVID. Are the people going to have to take a vaccine for them all? We need to get real. Can you keep asking people to take a vaccine? You cannot keep asking people to take a vaccine every time we get a new variant. Do you know something? I, I understand where Mike is coming from, but to be honest, to keep COVID away, I would take a vaccine every day if I had to. What about you? Yeah, and I think, I think look, many, many people take the flu jab every year. They take the pneumonia jab, and I think it's in five-year cycles. So I think the fact that medicine and science develop, uh, the, the jabs that we take, they're called boosters because they boost. That's exactly what they do. They boost your immune system. Uh, I think, you know, that the science will take care of that. And without a shadow of a doubt, we're going to be with COVID for a long time. So we are going possibly to see vaccines continue and booster jabs continue, just like we take the flu jab at wintertime. We're going to look in detail with uh, somebody who deals specifically with young people tomorrow on the programme and we'll be discussing it. But one of the areas we'll be looking at is face masks for children. Where do you stand uh, as a representative of County Wexford on the face mask issue? Do you think it should be optional or do you think it should be compulsory? What's your view on this? I think on, my view is I'm not a fan of face masks by any manner of means. Recently, I paid a visit to Newborn National School, which actually hosts a deaf unit, and it is the only deaf unit outside of Offaly in Dublin. And uh, on the day, they did only have one child in situ, but I think they have five deaf children that they educate there at the moment. For that child, for instance, to have to wear a face mask would be detrimental to his whole being because he concentrates on lip movement. Now, look at for me, we should not have gotten to a situation where we have face masks at primary school level. There were options. There were options that the government should have taken in relation to filtration. They commissioned a report last March, Alan. That report categorically said that it was advisable to put ventilation, proper ventilation through HEPA filters into national schools and primary school levels where there was no vaccination available at that time. Now, that advice wasn't followed. Uh, you know, they went with advising teachers to open windows and doors. Now, on the day I visited Newborn, the windows and doors were open. Children were wearing coats, hats and scarves. Right. Room temperatures were at 13 degrees. So I think, you know, there are things we can do that would very much mean mask wearing is in the short term. Now, on Sunday in the newspapers, it was reported that 
the government has given 30 million euros towards ventilation and HEPA filtration. Mm. Strictly speaking, it is not as straightforward as that. It's quite an arduous process, but what I would like to see is government write to every board of management to say, mm. we are going to provide the funding now, and should it be the case that in the future, you know, it was decided that you shouldn't have had these filtrations or they weren't warranted or whatever, you know, because they're not required in every school. We have some schools built modern that do not need the HEPA filters, but I think it's one of our primary, it should be one of the primary focuses. The concerns about the vaccines for 5 to 12 year olds, what are you hearing from your constituents? To be honest, I'm not hearing a lot at this point in time. Uh, You know, today we hear that there's going to be vaccine clinics set up for the 5 to 12-year-olds so that there will be no confusing of vaccines because the the dosage given to 5 to 12-year-olds will be a much lesser dosage than that of adults. So I think, you know, we have to be cognizant, Alan, that the vaccine offers greater protection from the virus. We know it doesn't stop you from getting the virus or from spreading it. But there is certainly evidence that it offers yeah. greater protection. I'm double vaccinated. I'm hoping, because now over 50s, I'm there as they say, over 50s will be getting their booster. I hope to avail of that next week myself. So look, at I think parents, it will be for parents to decide. I think parents will put very serious thought into this on behalf of their children. But... You know, I think we have to follow the science, and that is that it offers greater protection against serious illness from the virus. Let's move on to other issues now. We had a healthy, heavy discussion with uh, Fianna Fáil councillor Lisa MacDonald. Prior to that, Barbara Murphy, the Cahirlock of Wexford County Council, also raised the issue. Uh, both of them have indicated to me that we are currently in a rural housing crisis and indeed a county housing crisis. Seems to be an awful lot of dialogue, Verona, but I think action is now called for. Um, and hearing from uh, from Barbara, from uh, Lisa, and from fellow ca- other councillors as well down through the months, to me, this needs to be brought very much to the focus of attention and action needs to take place. Where do you stand on the whole issue of CPOs and vacant properties then? Well, I think, let me just say at the outset that our housing crisis in Wexford and around the country is primarily due to poor planning policy. And you know that I've engaged a lot with that. I'm not so sure that that's the... what the councillors would agree or disagree with me, the independents certainly do, and we have to get the planning policy structure correct before we will actually get houses built. When it comes to derelict housing and the CPOing of same, I think it's very understandable for most people in the building sector that even if you were to make these premises and houses available to people, it's unaffordable. Now, that's not to say we absolutely have to do something about derelict buildings. We can't just leave them go idle. But when it comes to housing, the way people are able to finance homes in one thing or another, regulations are so arduous and at such a level, it's not affordable in many cases to be able to do up these houses except that you carry out the work yourself. And that is available then and applicable to a very limited sector of society. My issue in relation to affordable homes and being for people being able to access mortgages is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. You know, we have many, many people on middle incomes who actually can't access money to buy a home. Right. And therefore, when you limit the, the, that, you limit supply and demand. All of the, the, It's a perfect storm in relation to housing. We have to cure supply first 
and we must look to our planning policy and that's why the county development plan and how we will move forward with that will be primary right. to how much housing supply we'll have in Wexford in the future. I, I really do believe that this has to be a core subject in the new year in particular to try and tackle this. Would you agree? Well, I think, you know, we're at a place now where the county councillors are going to sit down again and review the county development plan. And they have got to look at that structure on the basis of the people who have elected them. You know, there's lots of things about the county development plan that I don't agree with and that developers, whether we like it or not, and people are almost afraid to say the word developer because it ha- because of what has happened, they have taken the blame and the fall for everything in our last housing collapse. They have to be able to make money in order to build houses. If they can't see a level of profit, they are not going to build houses, and they most certainly okay. are not going to build houses that people don't want, which are high-rise apartments, and I do not want to see that for Wexford in particular. All right, we, we move on, and as I said, we'll make it uh, perhaps one of our primary aims in, in the new year on the morning mix to focus in and, and have a number of debates from all parties and independents, and of course the people who are badly wanting to get on the property market, they're the people we need to hear from as well. Parking and the build-up of articulated trucks down around Rosslare, what's happening there? It's been a big issue in the Rosslare area. Is it still a big issue? It, it's a big issue primarily because of Storm Barra, the winter effect of weather, as we say, that puts both timing off schedule, one thing or another. And you'll see the Rosslare residents have been complaining that HGV vehicles, very large vehicles, are parking outside their premises. Some of them have to run fridges. That's noise pollution, and people are getting very aggravated. But for me, it's a huge health and safety risk for the driver of the truck. It's a huge road safety issue, and there are so many agencies that have to be brought in as stakeholders to discuss this. You know, Alan, there's a fabulous facility provided by the OPW to house customs, the HSE and the Department of Agriculture smack in the middle of Rosslare, the old Reynolds compound. It, it costs us 11 million as taxpayers and it is virtually empty almost 24-7. It only deals with the traffic that comes in from the UK sailings and that's only at a limited time morning and evening. So that space to me should be made available to give the taxpayer double bang for its buck. We're talking about a limited time frame of 8 to 12 weeks in the year. There is no need for a specific facility to be provided. We have it there. We should not be calling on Garda Siakana out to move vehicles when the, when a resident rings up. I mean, we have to do it because we haven't made provisions to put them somewhere else. So on Tuesday, after I suppose many forums in which I've complained that this hasn't been put together, we I am now chairing a meeting with TII, Transport Infrastructure Ireland, the National Roads Authority, the Road Safety Authority, Ongarda Siakana, mm. Wexford County Council, the councillors and the Oireachtas representatives to put this to bed. And I think it's going to be very simple and it okay. should culminate in everybody agreeing that we can make provision to park these vehicles in a safe manner in that compound and T- the taxpayer doesn't suffer any further cost. Time has caught up on us, but I, I did mention the flood relief scheme in our, our topics to discuss today. I, 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 I'm going to call Jack Sarones. I'm going to get two kilts and I'll dance a yes. jig for joy with, and I'll invite Minister Patrick Donovan to come down and play the bagpipes 
because I really, well, well, I, wonder, I, I, re- I really, okay. sorry, I really wonder mm. if, if in my living lifetime, am I going to see this flood relief scheme? So I, I give well, you, you know, answer, I, yeah, I, what's the story? Well, well, just I brought I brought it up yesterday, um, you know, because I do feel, in fairness to Councillor Owens, he has called on the Oireachtas members to raise this issue because there is no progress. I did that yesterday. I posed a topical question, in which case the minister is to come to the floor of the doll and answer. Unfortunately, Minister O'Donovan was unavailable. He sent Minister Mary Butler instead, but he did give a commitment to meet to discuss it. Now, I have no update, but I have a commitment from Mr. O'Donovan, Minister O'Donovan, whom I spoke to yesterday, that he will meet the councillors. Let it be a Zoom call. We'll start there. But I have some concerns. I am concerned that this has not been moved on. It was to be signed off by the end of this year. We're three weeks from the end of the year. I'd hope that the Zoom call will take place in the next fortnight. And then I'd suggest you talk to Councillor Owens. But in fairness to Councillor Owens, he does keep it there. And at every council meeting, yeah. which I attend, he brings it up. But our party politicians in government are not actually mentioning this or furthering the cause. Right. This it, needs to be signed off. It's yeah. going on since 2012. Alex. That's for sure. I mean, false dawns, uh, building up our hopes. I mean, the boys in, at the helm of this need to, to step up to the plate, don't they? Absolutely. I cannot see how with a one billion fund for flood prevention that Enniscorthy has been left to one side. And the longer it takes, we end up having to do a further study, a further study. It's just costing more money. We need to see what the issue is, resolve it. And as as I always say, get it done. Right. I have a question for you um, from a listener. If you had a five-year-old child, would you give them the vaccine, Verona? Yes, I would, Alan. I, I know that's not what everybody is going to think, but as a parent, yes, I would. Uh, primary, my concern would be to protect my child, uh, and that I believe that that will do that. It will make them less ill if they get the virus. That's not to say it is up to each individual, and I have the height of respect for what parents will do. I think it's causing a huge amount of concern, and for some parents, they are very overwrought. But, you know, we all have to do things in life and take chances if we don't believe fully. But I know anybody I know that has, like in America, I've got a brother who's both his children, young children, are vaccinated. In Australia, my brother's children are vaccinated. No adverse effects, all going to school. So, I mean, look, we can only do what we believe is best as individuals. Have to leave it there. Uh, thank you for taking our call this morning. That was Independent Deputy Verona Murphy. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views.